Thank you, Pastor. Oh, boy. Am I turned on? Hello? Hello? It's green. Yeah. We got wire. We got sound. We're good. Now, some of you do not fear. Children, you can stay if you want to. No, that's okay. You're dismissed. Well, this year has been incredible, and I just want to say thank you to Taylor. That was beautiful. And uh, I love this church because this church is filled with creativity, and I love it. And, uh, and I do want to start off and really say a, a shout-out and thank you for the youth and all of the women that helped Rhonda and I on our pancake uh, fundraiser uh, through you guys and through your help and through our friends, we were able to raise over $1,100, almost $1,200. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, I also want to thank uh, Christopher. He's my man now. He is one of my favorites because uh, he came out and helped us with uh, the Brazilian ministry that I've helped for a long time called uh, ARS. He came over and helped us move a boatload of stuff. But uh, we made uh, just a little over $700 uh, this week to go for that. And so I thank And you know, I love that. You are a servant church. Praise God. Because that glorifies Jesus in everything. And so I just thank you. But I'm going to do something that's going to be really hard for me. <laughs> it is. It's going to be a God thing. Because this year has been incredible for me. Some of you know a little bit of my story. I have put some things down on paper because I will digress. And so for your sake and for our stomach's sake, because there's food waiting for us. And let me just tell you, I've been in the kitchen. Glory to God. (laughs) If you have not decided to come to lunch, I have decided for you. Oh, matter of fact, don't come. Because that will be more for us. But I don't care if this is your first Sunday, last Sunday, second to the last Sunday. Come today and fellowship together, okay? But this year, I have experienced the presence of God in a powerful way that's deepened my faith. And I've been through a lot of stuff through the youth ministry, children's ministry, all the kinds of ministry that I've had. This year has probably been one of the most profound years of my life. And I am more than 12 years old. But uh, it all has been good. It's been challenging. But one thing I know, I have seen the goodness and faithfulness of God through it all. And so regardless of whether you're in a great time and you're on a high top, you know, top of a hill, or whether you're kind of trudging through the valley, I believe that today the Lord has something to say to you. I really do. Now, this morning, I'm going to share some scriptures, but sound guys, you all just chill, just listen, no worries, uh, because I'm not going to share a tremendous volume of scriptures, but I want to share with you some that the Lord has used in my life, especially in this last year. But I'm also going to be sharing about how God has moved me to this ministry in Brazil and tell you a little bit more about that. But one thing I can say There is no way I can tell you everything. Now, I am the personality type that I like everybody to know everything so that you have the full picture. And so, by the grace of God, I'm not going to do that today. And I'm going to just kind of hit some highlights for you. Now, coming into this year, in 2016, I knew the Lord had two trips planned for me internationally. The two trips I knew of was... At the beginning of the year, in the middle of February, I was going to have four weeks, which ended up into five weeks, to Brazil. And I was going to travel with Pastor Jose and Leonie, which you have, those of you who have been around, you've heard, they're the pastors that I work with. But I also was going to go six weeks to Denmark. Now, I've never been to Denmark, okay? But I was going to go to Denmark, and I was going to be teaching in a Bible school, along with preaching in the church, as well as sharing and teaching in other groups during that time. Now, during December and January, I thought the Lord was preparing me to go in one direction to go with the teaching that I was going to do for six weeks. And then right in the first part of January, the Lord changed it. Everybody say glory. 
because I had prepared all along. And in a matter of weeks, the Lord told me through uh, my contact there in Denmark, hey, would you teach on these two subjects? And I went, sure. And so I began to prepare. And during that time of preparation, little did I realize that it was ordained by God that I teach on those two subjects because the Lord was going to use those things in my life in Brazil. And so the two subjects I was going to teach on in the Bible school was on Holy Spirit and prayer. Okay. As well as a five part series on the life of Joshua, which be careful if you ever study Joshua, get ready for your world to be rocked. Okay. Just, just a disclaimer there. Now the two scriptures There's two scriptures right here at the beginning that I want to share with you that the Lord used in my preparation time. Now, let me tell you something. If you ever teach, brother, you can tell me if this is true or not. When you teach, you receive a whole lot more than you give out. You know, because beware when someone does this, you've got at least three fingers pointing back at you. Okay. And the Lord usually does that with me. And so... Some of the scriptures that the Lord used to really just get in my business was John 16, verse 7. Okay, just listen to it. It says, this is Jesus speaking, It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, I was immediately drawn to this scripture, and I began to ask myself, Whoa, can you imagine what it would be like? To be one of the disciples and have Jesus say to you, hey, it's to your advantage that I go away. Here they had spent three years living with each other, ministering with each other, seeing incredible things together. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, hey, it's going to be to your advantage that I leave. And I'm sure that they had a range of emotions that were flying around in their head. I'm sure that they were confused, they were shocked, they were curious, and maybe even a little bit excited. But I'm sure that it was a defining moment for the life of the disciples. And I began to ponder, it is to your advantage that I go away. And I began to really think about the impact of Holy Spirit and in my life of what he's doing. It is to your advantage that I go away. And then just... Several scriptures below that is the one that the Lord really hit me between the eyes. And it says in verse 13 of chapter 16, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you of what is yet to come. Now, that's a very familiar passage to many of us. And it was, in, it was also very familiar to me. But I began to look and I began to study and I went back to the Greek and I know there's a lot of scholars in here. I've been really impressed with the teaching here, but I went back to the Greek and that word guide literally means guide. Okay. But it's a special kind of guide. It's kind of like a tour guide. Now I've never been to Jerusalem. I'd like to one day, but there's one thing that I would want if I went to Jerusalem. I would want a tour guide, okay? And I mean, I want a really good tour guide. Because you see, when we look at a tour guide, what is a tour guide? It's someone who is trained, okay? It's someone who is trained to lead you out in front. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a museum where you had a tour guide, but the tour guide does not lead from the back. He doesn't stand here in the back and go, oh, yo, yo, you in the blue shirt, go to the left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Over there, you'll see this, this, this. Oh, you in the plaid shirt, you go to the right. No, what do they do? They lead out front, and you know what they usually do? Okay, here, here, here. Y'all follow me. Uh, keep up in the back, would you? Okay, over here, over, you're going to see this. Over here, you're going to see that. A tour guide leads from the front. Everybody say front. Okay, that's what a tour guide does. He leads out in front. But he also is trained to take you to unknown, unexplored places. Otherwise, you wouldn't need a tour guide, right? But he also is trained because he's already been there. He knows all the paths. 
He knows everything about it. And he's qualified to take you where you've never been before. (laughs) Guys, what a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. You see, he is meant to be out in front, not behind. He's to take you to unknown places and unexplored places. He's part of the Trinity. He's already there. Now that'll blow your brain. Okay? He's already there. He's already been there before. He knows all the paths, and he's qualified to take you where you've never been before. I do believe this is for all of us here today. Because when God spoke to that, spoke that to me in January of this year, man, he hit me. Boom. Right there. And he said, and it's kind of like he just said, Lisa. I know we've got several Lisas in the church, but you put woo-woo, but you put your name in there. And I'm gonna say me, but I want you to say it to yourself. This is what the Lord spoke to me. That God wants to take me where I've never been before. God wants to tell me things that I have never heard before. God wants to teach me things that I've never learned before. And he wants me to do things that I've never done before. Now, at that time, I was thinking about Denmark. Because, you see, I'd never been to Denmark. But little did I realize that that word was especially, yes, for Denmark, but especially for Brazil. Now, when I went through this study on this word guide, I saw another word that, and forgive me for not being able to say uh, all of the words, but it's like argo. Now, I know that's a real oaky version of that Greek, argo, okay, or ago, whatever, A-G-O, you make it up. And this word has two meanings. And the meaning is this. The first meaning is an agricultural term. And it's kind of like a rope around the neck of an animal. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have heard of Rick Renner. Okay, amen. Y'all need to know about Rick Renner. Okay, he's awesome. Now, he, in a book, he was talking about he was living in Russia. And he, one of the times that he was there, he was looking out his window and he observed people walking cows. Okay, And he learned that people had cows in their garages. And every morning, these little grandmas would put the rope around the neck of their cows and they would walk them to the outside of the city. And there they would find a plot of green grass. They would put a stake down. They'd tie the rope to the stake. They'd pat the cows and then they'd go home. And then they would return in the evening before dark and they would come and walk their cows home and put them in the garage. Now... These cows would follow the grandmas. Okay, now I had a grandmother that was about this tall. And my idea when I was reading this was there are all these little grandmas. I love grandmas. Okay? And, and it, they all followed the grandmas. Now the truth is this. These, these big, strong cows, they could have resisted these little, frail little grandmas. Okay? That cow could have run over the grandma. That instead, the cow just followed. The grandma, when they put, them, put the stake in the ground, the cow could have just moved its head and ripped the stake out. But instead, the cow simply stayed where the grandma had led it. Now, how'd that happen? Because that cow had been trained since a, a baby cow. I don't, what's a baby cow? Calf. There you go. Since a calf, okay, to follow. And to stay. Now, we don't have a physical rope around our neck. I have had in the past, thanks to my many youth experiences. But most of the time, we don't have a rope around our neck. And see, I've got lots of stories. Y'all hang out at the Christmas dinner. I'll tell you some stories. But anyway, but you know what? As we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, it's kind of like he gets wrapped around our heart. Okay? And as a follower of Christ, when Holy Spirit tugs at us, we need to simply follow. Don't resist. Just follow. And if we've been trained correctly, we'll learn to recognize that tugging. And we'll then just go. 
Because you know what? Holy Spirit's meant to be out front, not behind. And wherever he leads us to stay, we need to be content just to stay. Even if we don't like that spot. Can you just imagine a cow going, you know, that cow over there, got some more green grass than I had. See, you know, cows don't think. They just eat. They just do what they're supposed to do, and that is chew cud, you know, make milk. And that's not even in my notes. That's revelation, okay? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right? But here's the bottom line. We need to learn to go where he says to go and to stay when he tells us to stay and only leave when he tells us to leave. Amen? I know this is simple, but you know what? This is profound because this is hard sometimes. Now, the second meaning of the word ago, argo, whatever you want to say, go, is this. It's an athletic term. And uh, this is where we get the word agony. It describes a great struggle. This usually means it's the struggle of the mind, the struggle of the will, the struggle of the emotions. Now, this is real important. This was important for me because you know what? It tells us the Holy Spirit needs to be out front. Yes. <laughs> but he also he wants to lead us. Yes. I'm very interactive. Can you tell? Yes. OK. <laughs> Come on, y'all work with me now. But we need to be sensitive enough that when he pulls our heart. Then we can sense this leading. But the problem is this. When our head gets in the way. <clears throat> because when our head does not understand what Holy Spirit is doing. We enter into kind of an agonizing time. Because our head may be telling us something different. Okay. And therefore we begin to have a great struggle. I don't get it. I feel it. I don't get it. I feel it. Have you all been there? I have too. Now keep these scriptures in mind, and I'm going to add some scriptures there in a moment. But let me tell you a little bit of my story that's kind of led me up tonight now. Now, at the beginning of this year, Pastor Jose and Leonie and I, we went back to uh, the Amazon area where we've been working in Manacaburu. And I must say that Pastor CJ is saying that town very nicely. You want to say it? Manacaburu. Very good. And we went there to celebrate with our brothers and sisters, okay? Because all three of our projects that we had started out doing, uh, we completed as far as complete funded. And it was over $36,000 that we raised in the year of uh, 2015. And so we went there to celebrate, but also to say, Lord, what do you want us to do? We've drilled a water well. Amen. Praise God. They don't have to walk two miles to go get fresh water. Praise God they've got bathrooms because Lisa is going to be very, very happy about that. Okay. They're also, they also had uh, just begun the construction of the mission house, which is right next to the, uh, the church. And when we arrived there, of course, all the projects were, were doing very nicely. There's a little bit of cosmetic touches that need to happen on the water well as well as on the bathrooms. But they had already started in February digging the foundation for the mission house. See, they didn't wait around. Man, when we said go, they go, "Mm mm-hmm, and they're already there. And we spent that first week that we were there, we spent hours and hours and hours. Everybody say hours. Hours of talking with the pastor there. His name is Pastor Rogerio. Roger for us, but Rogerio sounds kind of exotic. And so Pastor Rogerio, as well as the mentoring pastor, because the way that their churches, that they do it, they have a, senior pastor that's there at the church, but then they also have a mentoring pastor because Pastor Rogerio is a young one. He's a young pastor. And the mentoring pastor is over about 11 congregations. And uh, his name is Pastor Estacchio. And we just listened. We talked, talked, talked. I did more listening than talking. Okay? And I could understand a lot of what they were saying and a lot of things. I just kind of smiled a lot because that's what you do when you don't understand. You smile. Okay? <laughs> And so we, we talked and we talked and they showed us all these ministry projects that they were already doing. This is one reason why I love this congregation. They were not waiting for anyone. They were going out and being Jesus's hands and Jesus's feet in their neighborhood and in their community. 
So we got to go see a lot of their uh, projects that they were doing. And then all of a sudden, Leone turned the subject, and she began to talk with them about the possibility of adding English classes as a part of a ministry project. And, of course, she was talking about me. Now, this wasn't a total surprise, because in 2015, I did get some training online. I jokingly say that it was 180 hours, a master's level online class. I've never taken an online class before. I'm a little past that age of really understanding online classes. And it took me probably 230 hours to finish it. But uh, it was good. It was challenging. I must admit, it had been a long time since I had been in school. So when they said that uh, I had to write an essay, (laughs) I couldn't remember how to write an essay. And so I, I, I did know, I do know Google. And so I Googled, how do you write an essay? I'm not ashamed. Because you know what? I love that word that you gave. Because the enemy used all through 2015 when I started that online class. Lisa, you're too old for this. Lisa, you don't get this computer stuff. And I mean, I just kind of gritted my teeth and said, "Mm mm-hmm. And I started doing it. And then I learned how to do an essay again. And uh, I was hoping that my father in heaven was not looking too sadly at me because he's an English professor and that that makes it kind of bad. But anyway, but when she began to talk with the pastor about me coming and teaching English, it really all of a sudden got real that she was talking about me. And uh, they were excited. I was excited. I was definitely being drawn there. I could feel the Holy Spirit going, I mean, here's Reed and I'm going, you know, and I'm getting kind of drawn. But there was a problem. My head got in the way. Because I'm going, yo. Manakapuru is located southwest of Manaus along the Amazon River. A little different than Stillwater, America. Then I thought, whoa. Not only am I in Manakapuru, which is 85,000 people, but it's in the depressed, economically depressed area of Manakapuru. There are no quick trips on queues, McDonald's, or Chick-fil-A's on the corner. It's, it's dirt roads. There's not very many trees, although we are nestled up against the, the rainforest. And my head was going, Lisa, what are you doing? And my heart was, my heart was getting drugged. My head was dragging behind. Has anybody been there? Okay, good. Everybody say amen. Now, one of the things that happened is that Pastor Stacchio, right at towards the end of our time, he eyeballed me, literally, in my personal space, okay? Brazilians know no personal space. They're huggy, they're lovey, they're kissy. They're, isn't that right, Rhonda? I mean, they're just, they're just in your face. And he was in my face, and he said, Lisa. And he, he kind of did this in a, what I call Portia English. And he said, Lisa. When we finish the mission house, will you come? It's kind of like that field of dreams, okay? If I build it, they will come. You know, he said, when we finish the mission house, will you come? And I told him at that time, through Leone, because I wanted no miscommunication, I said, Pastor, I cannot say no at this time, but I cannot say yes. I need to pray. And he liked that answer, and that was good. So I breathed for about 30 seconds. And because of our schedule, Jose and Leone and I did not have any time to talk uh, about what their real vision of. And I'm okay, now it's getting real. Okay, now we've talked to the pastor. I need to talk to you, Jose and Leone. But we couldn't do it. But you know what? In my mind, I went, no big deal. We're going to spend three weeks in Belo Horizonte. And I went, okay, no sweat, no worries. So we finished up in Manacapuru. And we headed off to Belo Horizonte, which is a long ways from Manacapuru, okay? Let me just tell you, get a map out and see how big Brazil is, okay? Because it's one honking big country. But anyway, I was going to go to Belo Horizonte, and I was going to observe in a class in an English school that was a part of the Baptist College and Seminary. And I was going to go, and I was just going to, going to observe and participate in the classes there. And then Jose and Leone were going to take care of some personal business while they were there. Okay. I found out that uh, as I was 
flying there where I was going to stay. You see, I'm a control freak. Anybody else out there a control freak? Okay, my control freakness is dying, okay, by the day. And uh, I kept asking Leonie, Leonie, <laughs> where am I going to stay? He said, oh, the Lord will provide. I go, amen, amen. Where am I going to sleep? Oh, the Lord will provide. Amen, amen. So on the way flying, I just said, Leonie, where am I going to stay? Oh, you're going to stay in an apartment with three girls. Well, I hadn't shared an apartment or a bedroom for years. Okay, and I went, cool. Okay, that's good. And so we went, and uh, we arrived there on a Saturday night, and uh, nobody was there. Because all three of the girls are seminary students in their last year, which at this moment they are now graduated from seminary. And they go home every weekend to minister in their churches. And so I was there. You know, we walked in and there was nobody there. So Leone went around. She's the mama. She went around. She thought everything looked just fine. She gave me the thumbs up. She said, good, we'll see you on Monday. I said, amen. And then the door closed. And the ding of the elevator. And I went and they went down. You see, we're on the 16th floor. Okay, and I heard that ding, and then I heard the doors close, and I went, you see, my head, my my spirit's being drawn, but my head's scraping behind. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there in the apartment. So I do what every spiritual person does. I prayed for about 30 seconds, and then I went to bed. I thought, you know, let's just play denial, okay? Because you see, for the first time in all my travels to Brazil since 2007, this is the first time I'm alone. Jose and Leone are an hour away from me. And so I woke up the next morning. I really tried to sleep in. And how many of y'all know when you try to sleep in, you can't. And then you just try to tell your body, submit, sleep. And so I did as much as my body could take. And then I got up and I took the longest shower that I could take. And I tried to put my clothes on the slowest I could take. And then all of a sudden, it was about 11.30. I was all dressed, ready for the day. And I started getting really hungry. Now, you, you've got to understand, there's, there's nobody in the apartment. This is a different culture. I didn't know if it was cool to go raid the refrigerator or not. And there's certainly one thing I did not want to do, and that was get off on the wrong foot with someone where I was going to stay for three, three weeks. So I stood before my window. Some of you have heard this story, but I stood before the window in my bedroom. And I was just kind of going, what in the world am I going to do? And I looked out and I had a beautiful view of the city on the 16th floor. And then all of a sudden, fear began to overtake my soul. And it was like my feet were nailed to the ground. And I thought, whoa, this is what it feels like to be an international student. I felt very gringa. I felt scared to leave. I tried to pray, and I did okay, and then I began to feel like I was losing the battle. Everybody been there? Anybody been there? Okay. All right. I'm not ashamed to say that sometimes my faith is not like the rock of Gibraltar. So what did, you, what did I do? Well, sometimes we need our brothers and sisters in Christ to help us. And so I knew... Rhonda checked her phone during church, busted. And so I, uh, I texted her, and she began to just coach me up via text. I love texting. Okay, and I was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do this. I can do this. And so after I talked with her, my faith began to rise. You see, we need each other. And so she began to coach me up, and so I grabbed my key. I thought, yeah, I got this. God's got this. Grabbed my keys, grabbed my money, went down stairs, went all the way down to the 16th floor, went out, walked up this ginormous hill, which I found out that Bella Hortizanchi is known for their hills. Okay, 45 degrees. No kid, okay, because it's just monstrous. But anyway, I went, and I was trying to go to the restaurant we, were, we ate the night before. So I go up there. And uh, I went into the first restaurant that I saw, but I immediately realized, "Mm -mm, wrong one. So I turned around and walked out. See, I didn't want to speak to anybody, even though I know a little bit of Portuguese. When you're in that situation, all of a sudden, 
you get caught in mouth and you go, <coughs> you know, and so I was petrified. Okay. But that's okay. God can use petrified people. But anyway, I went in and I came back out and I started, I was nervous. I was shaking and I started walking. And I said, okay, God, you said, okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> You're with me. So I'm walking down the street and, or not, not down the street, excuse me, sidewalk. You don't want to walk in the street in Belo Horizonte or you'll go see Jesus really soon because <laughs> their, their driving is crazy. It will increase your prayer life, guaranteed. But anyway, I uh, started walking down the sidewalk. I had to look down at the sidewalk because it was very uneven. And so I got up and all of a sudden I saw this pe- these people getting out of a van. And I, and I was kind of intrigued, and so I kept looking down, and then I looked up, and the last woman that got out of the van, she turned around, and who was, who ended up being a very good friend of mine, who, to, who had translated for us over three years. She had lived in the U.S. for three months. She's a very, very dear friend. And she turns around, and she looks at me, and she goes, Lisa Campbell, what in the world are you doing here? And I went, hi, Luigi. And right at that moment, it was like the Spirit of God just came all over me. Time stood still, and the Lord said, I got you, Lisa. I got you. And it was like the Lord was doing this. I got you. I got you. I don't know why that's spiritual, but it is. Okay? I mean, it was like big in me. He said, I got you. And I mean, it just began to be profound, this, this profound sense of his peace. In his presence. And so after, we, after I had that moment with the Lord, I did what any Brazilian would do. And that is we went out and had a two and a half hour lunch. And we had a great time. Then I went back to the apartment. I got to meet the three girls, all of which knew no English. So all we did was smile and let our cheeks crack off, you know, and praise God for Google Translate. All right. And so we, we had a hilarious time. On that Sunday night. And then I knew I was going to meet up with Jose and Leone the next day. So we met up because we were going to go meet the administrator of the school. And, uh, and it was so great because Hita just wept when Leone shared with her about the vision in Monica Peru. And so Hita asked me if I could come back after lunch. And so we did. We went out and had lunch. Now, I was really looking forward to this time with Pastor Jose and Leone because I needed to talk with them. You see, I process things by talking. Those of you who know me know that, okay? And so I wanted to talk to them, but they kind of took the discussion into a different area, which is, you know, you just got to go with the flow. And so I just thought, well, no sweat, Lise. You got three weeks. You got three weeks to talk with them. Well, little did I know that in a matter of 15 minutes after they left me, the Pastor Jose would collapse. And he literally collapsed in the arms of a security guard at a bank. Now, many of you have been standing in prayer for Pastor Jose. And and I just want to say on their behalf, thank you. Because God has done the miraculous in his life. He had a successful uh, heart heart valve replacement. And then he had some challenges. He was in the ICU for 60 days. He had four bouts with super bacteria bugs. He had pneumonia, respiratory failure, and he ended up staying in the hospital for five months. But you know what? He's now recovering nicely. He's getting stronger every day. Everybody say amen. Oh, now say it like you mean it. Amen. And you know what? His daughters uh, were down there. I ended up going back down there to help them. And the cool thing is, is that he is known as the miracle man at the Life Center Hospital. And he reached out, and they reached out, and their family reached out and touched many people on staff as well as patients while they were there. Now, when Jose collapsed, that was a real challenging time for me. Because, you see, I still had a job to do, and that was to observe in the school. I could not go and be with them. But, you know, the Lord just began to cut that umbilical cord a little bit at a time. And so I just tried to be faithful to what the Lord told me to do. And so during this time that I was there, I got to know the girls really well. And I got to know one girl in particular. Her name is Nayada. She's 28 years old. She's a registered nurse. 
Okay, and now she's a seminary graduate, which she's real excited about. And when I began to share with her about Monica Peru, tears would just flow like a waterfall down her face. And I was kind of taken back. Now, you got to understand, she's on a laptop, I'm on a laptop, that's how we're communicating, okay? And so I just, at the first time it happened, I just kind of went, okay. And so then the more we talked about Monica Peru, the more she cried. And then one day, my mouth engaged without my brain's permission. And all of a sudden, out of my mouth, I heard myself say, Nayara, why don't you come with me to Monica Puru? Well, she did this, put her hands over her face, and it was like all of a sudden I had another profound moment from the Lord. It was like time stood still, all the air got sucked out of the room, and Nayara was crying, and then all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and said, I never intended for you to go to Monica Peru by yourself. And boom, God's peace covered me like thick molasses. She was crying. I was crying. I couldn't speak. She couldn't speak because we just had a moment with God at that time. Now, you've got to understand, I still have not had any time to talk with Pastor Jose or Leone. Okay? So I just said to her when I could recover, God's got this. And we need to pray. And you see, I don't do anything in Brazil without Pastor Jose and Leone. Okay? But it was like God was moving me along. like Move me along. You know? And I was just kind of going, okay. And so anyway, it was a, it was a profound moment. And one thing at that, at that moment, another scripture came up to my heart that God has used multiple times in my life. But now it became really real. And that is in John fifteen sixteen. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit and to bear much fruit. And I just was like, <laughs> because my head was still having some trouble, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt what God was saying to do. And so during my time there in Brazil, I continued to prepare for Denmark, and it was great, and, and it was awesome, and I can't really go into everything except that one of the things that we did, Nayada and I did, during that time, was that she taught me how to say the Holy Spirit is my guide. And it's Espírito Santo, a meu guia. And I said that over and over and over again. As things were happening with José and Leone. Espiritu Santo, Emil Guia. When things began to happen with me and I got dengue fever, I, will, I don't recommend it, okay? Espiritu Santo, Emil Guia. Holy Spirit is my guide. Would you say this after me? Holy Spirit is my guide. Holy Spirit is my guide. And that was my confession every day, even when I didn't know what was going on. But then my time in Brazil was over. I came home for three days, and then I left for Denmark. And during the time in Denmark, it was fantastic. It was great. That's another, another story for another time. But one thing I did do was in March, I began to teach Nayada English via Skype. And she has done really well. Is that true, Pastor? Just this last Monday, she got to talk with uh, my board of directors, and she did it all in English. And she was great. And I'm like... It, it's my student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not taking any, any credit, but I was sure strutting. But when I came home, now listen, you pour your, into yourself. Now, I'm sure Caleb and Taylor will tell you, you know, when you pour yourself into people, and all of a sudden you start seeing them shine, you can't help but go, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're doing great. But inside you're going, mm-hmm. is that true? Okay, y'all are lying. Okay, because it's true. All right. But anyway, when I came home in May, uh, because, man, I'm telling you, in, in Denmark, it was phenomenal. I mean, even uh, Carrie Underwood, no, I'm kind of, Heather. I call Heather Carrie. But anyway, I mean, God used, uh, God really released me. And I, and I know Candy's going, amen. I mean, it was like there was some inhibition that got broke off in Denmark. Because it was a phenomenal time. 
And I, and I just had an awesome, awesome experience. But anyway, when I came home in May, I talked to my board of directors. I told them what I felt like the Lord was sharing with me and telling me. And they absolutely agreed. And they said, amen. Everybody say, amen. Come on now. I'm interactive now. Amen. Okay. And so then uh, we started down that path. Well, then it ended up that I went back to Brazil for six weeks at the end of June till the first of August. And I went there to serve Pastor Jose and Leone. And little did I realize the Espiritu Santo and Meo Guia became a rallying cry for during the time that Jose was given less than 10% chance to live. And you know what my job was? Sit there in the waiting area and pray. So what were the two areas that I taught about in Denmark? Holy Spirit and prayer. Okay? Denmark just prepared me for what happened in July. And we saw miracles happen. Miracles, miracles. But also... It gave us a time in, in uh, July, gave me a time to get to know Nayada, to get to know her spiritually, to get to know her on a personal level as well. And she was with me almost all the time. But what was cool was that Leone got to know her too. Jose got to know her too. She helped not only as a friend, but also as a nurse. And so it was absolutely awesome. And so during the last week that I was there in July, uh, Nayada asked me to go talk to her pastor. And to lay out what we believed God wanted us to do. So I went to him and we had to do this through an interpreter. And uh, I began to share all about it. But I said this to to her pastor. Her pastor's like her father. Because her father died when she was two years old. So I shared with him. And his his name is Pastor Omeo. And I told him through the interpreter. Pastor, we will not go any further unless we have your blessing. You see, being underneath authority is a good thing. It's not restrictive, but it actually gives you great liberty. Amen? Whether that's a boss, a parent, or whatever, authority is a good thing. And after we talked, and in, in Brazil, what they do, they have to go all the way back to Adam. That's an expression. So I had to go all the way back to Adam at the conception of ARS. And share with them all the way back up. That's just their culture. And at the end of our discussion, he gave us his 100% blessing. The very next day we went and I shared with her mother. Okay, single mom. Nayada is the baby of the family. Everybody say amen. But you know what she did? She gave us her 100% blessing. Jose and Leone had gotten to know Nayada in a very natural way. They were absolutely 200% in agreement about us going. What a confirmation that we had. Now, since I came home in August, I've been raising support to be able to go. I'm just all but $200 a month. I'm ready. I'm almost there. And I know that God's going to do it. But also, Nayada is raising support. Now, you may think, no big deal, except they don't do that in their culture. Okay, but can I tell you that even when she took her final exam, one of her final exams, her teacher said, give me one of those cards. I want to support you. That doesn't happen in Brazil. Okay, and what's cool is that we are going to actually live in the house that I helped raise funds for. We're going to be the first occupants in that house. And so, amen, God is good. Okay. All the time, he is good. Now, what are we going to be doing? Very simply, we're going to be teaching English classes. We're not starting a school. We're teaching English classes through the church, and we're doing that to build. We're using English as a vehicle somewhat, okay, to build relationships with people, but eventually share the gospel and to disciple those who come to faith. We're going to be, have classes for children, youth, and adults. Now, just imagine this for a moment. Youth and children take English like many of us took Spanish. Now, I will confess, I didn't do my Spanish very well. But what would happen? What would happen to those children and those youths if they really got a hold of English and they mastered it? What change could that make in their future? What opportunities could open up for them? What would happen with some adults 
who could just learn some of the basics of English and maybe open up a whole new avenue of jobs for them, whether that's being a taxi driver, whether that's being in some other tourism area, whether that's working in manufacturing. Because the bottom line is this, English is the business, is the language of business all over the world. And so the possibilities are limitless. We've even been given invitations to do, I'm already, I'm already involved in five mini English camps and I'm not even there. Okay. But we also have cities outside of Manakaburu that want us to go. Now we'll be using the Bible as our book. We don't need a textbook. We got the Bible. Okay. And we're going to be very open about our faith, very open about it in prayer with our students. But you know what? We're already praying. For those students that don't know Jesus. So that they can come to know Jesus through English. Now this is a super new area for me. New chapter for sure. Okay. Have I taught English this way before? Nope. Okay. Have I taught other things before? Yeah. As I said, my father was an English professor. But that doesn't really help me much. Okay. Except I now wish I really would have paid attention in English classes. (laughs) But you know what? When those English, I'm oh, not English, when those insecurities arise in me, and they have, and they are, and they will in the future, the Lord is bringing back to my mind continuously Jeremiah 29 11. You know it. When the Lord says, I know the plans for you, they're plans for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But He also chases that with Isaiah chapter 43, verse 8. 18 and 19, when it says, do not call to mind the former things. Now, let me tell you something. I love Stillwater. I've lived here almost all of my life, and I'm not ashamed to say I'm 58. That's why I asked you, 60? Is that what you said, 60? I'm going, Phew, I'm not 60 yet. But you know what? I'm taking what you said. I'm taking what you said, or what the Lord said through you. Okay? I've lived here a long time, and I've had some good times here. I love Hillcrest Baptist Church. That's where I came to know Jesus. That's where I was discipled. That's where I served for 13 and a half years as a youth pastor. I love that place. I love New Covenant. Okay? I love this city. I'm an Okie. I'm a cowboy fan. Sorry. I mean, congratulations. Y'all played better. Okay? But I'm a cowboy. Go Pokes. Okay? I'm sorry if this offends anybody, but I like Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay? I'm an I'm an Okie. Do you know what the Lord said? Don't call to mind the former things. Those are good. Be blessed by them. But listen to what it says. And I think this is the New Living Translation or one of, one of those. It says, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, I want to do something new in you. Woo! I want to do something new in you. Will you not be aware of it? I want to make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I believe that's for you too. Let's don't get hung up with how we used to do things. Let's be present with the Lord. Let's say, let's, let's get our eyes open so that we can look at what God's doing. And I know that this is a huge step for me. Those of you who have known me for very long, you know, this is huge. But you know what? My heart is filled with peace. Uncanny peace. I don't get it. Peace. Okay, but it is so big in me because I know this is God's plan. Now, there's some details that need to be completed, but I'm at peace. Anybody needs a car, come talk to me. Amen. Okay, my departure date is one week from tomorrow. Hello, mama. One week from tomorrow. Okay, all I know is this. The Lord said to go. He hasn't told me when I'm coming back. That's okay with me. My sister's coming along, little by little, my twin, okay? Give her a break. But she's having a little bit of trouble with it. But you know what? I'm going with God. Amen? Now, recently, I heard this statement, and it just tickled me, and I've I've taken it as my own. Embrace the awkward. Okay, everybody say that. Embrace the awkward. And you know what? Sometimes the Lord leads leads us. The place that feels very unnatural, feels very awkward. How many of y'all play golf? Okay, I love golf. 
But you know what? The first time that somebody told, showed me how to hold a golf club, there was nothing natural about how that grip felt. But the longer you played, the more natural it became. And so sometimes we have to embrace the awkward and allow him to be our guide. And I want to close with this. Because he wants to take you places where you've never gone before. He wants to tell you things that you have never heard before. He wants to teach you things that you've never learned before. And he wants you to do things that you have never done before. So how about you? I know what the Lord's doing with me. There's nothing familiar about what I'm doing. Okay? But this I am excited. I'm going to be writing about it. And oh, by the way, before you leave today, let me know your email because I want to put you on my blog. I want you to be on this journey with me, okay, in prayer. But I do want to say this. It may not be to relocate to another country. It may. But I do know that God's got a plan and he wants to use you for the kingdom. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let circumstances stop you. Take one step at a time, walk with him, trust him that he'll give you the the path, the light for the path that you're to take. Because one thing I do know, we're living in the day right now. We're living in this day where we have to be doing what he wants us to be doing. We We have to be exactly where he wants us to be. If that's in Stillwater, amen. If that's in Manakapuru, the Amazon, amen. God's good, isn't he? All the time. Pastor. Are you guys going to be here Sunday? <laughs> Father, we just thank you that you're so good, you're so wonderful. And Holy Spirit, we do recognize you as our, our tour guide. And we choose to follow you. And we're so grateful for you. We ask your blessing upon our fellowship and this food that we're about to receive. We thank you for blessing the food and blessing those that prepared it. And we thank you, Father, that you're good and you're amazing. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful lunch in the fellowship hall.